Welcome, and thank you for joining me on Graceful Exposure. This podcast is about exposing God's grace through every season of our life. I'm your host, Denisha Patterson, and my hope is that you can allow God's grace to flood your heart wherever you are today. Grab a cup of coffee and settle in your favorite spot. You deserve it. I hope you're encouraged by what you hear today. This assignment from God overwhelmed my heart in a way that made me excited and terrified all at the same time. This book is meant to encourage and inspire someone to dream big. Childhood disappointments can be devastatingly traumatic and mold our character as we grow. Do we allow it to conquer us or do we rise up as a warrior and fight for a better life? From Grief to Grace was written through experiencing rejection, insecurities, self-doubt and heartache. Happiness and confidence were the final destination. To get there, I had to let my open wounds heal and become scars. Defeat was not an option. And now my purpose is to bring hope into the lives of anyone who feels unworthy. You are enough. Grace has covered you. Take a giant leap of faith with me and step into the life God desires you to live. From Grief to Grace, written by Denisha Carme, published by Zulon Press. Chapter 1, Ringlets and Ruffles Twirling with the Winds of Change. I'm a queen crowned in my curls. Never did a Saturday night pass without me having pink sponge rollers in my hair. I was all too proud to look like Shirley Temple at church every Sunday. My ringlets were by far my best feature on any given day. My mom could have had her own Truvy salon with the way she made those ringlets turn out perfectly. Now, girls are using tube socks and all kinds of tricks to prepare their glorious locks to be curled. Sponge rollers were once such a respected addition to any woman's toiletry kit, but now they just sit in a dark corner of a cabinet collecting dust. Oh, the sweet memories I have of conversations with Mama while she combed out my tangles and rolled my hair. Moments of happiness, such as a blue dress with the best spinning ruffles you could imagine, those were the memories I chose to hold on to, to make prominent. You see, I never truly appreciated the power of choice or really understood that I was choosing which memories to hold tight. God knew. He knew exactly what I would need in my treasure box of memories to help me through the hard days, the trying days, the days we didn't even expect were coming. My visions of twirling laughter would soon be muddled with tears and a home with only one responsible parent. I didn't even know such a thing existed. You know, it's almost as if my inner voice was reminding me 
to be a little girl and use these moments with my ruffles as a distraction from the chaos unfolding in the background. It was a still small whisper deep down in my spirit saying, spin around as many times as you can. Enjoy those golden locks bouncing off your cheeks. Layer as many slips handmade by Nana as possible under that bold blue dress to add to the fun. Don't look back. Focus on the butterflies in your stomach as you twirl. Not the smell of alcohol in the air or the yelling in the background. Hum once more as you spin your stuffed animals with you and picture a field of daisies all around you. Just spin, sweet girl. Just keep spinning. My reality was much different. It was full of confusion, rejection, and disappointment. Reality held uncertainty, comparison, and with it the feeling that I would never quite measure up. I am currently parenting a second grader, and never in a million years could I picture him able to do the things that I did at his age. Second grade was the first time I can vividly recall memories of feeling inadequate and struggling to process the chaos unfolding in my life. Second grade. As I mentioned, I have a son in second grade, and that brings it full circle for me. It allows me to see how fragile a piece of God's creation can be, yet still flourish as long as the right people are there to mold and provide guidance. It reminds me to hug, love, and give words of affirmation as often as I can. I want to begin this chapter by saying that without my mother, I would have never survived the blows dealt to me, especially at such a young age. As long as I could reach her, I felt safe. I felt complete. She made it her mission to overcompensate for the parts missing from my life. As adorable and happy as the little girl described throughout this chapter may seem, it's nothing more than an illusion. Much like the highlight reels on Instagram, Facebook, and lifestyle blogs, my childhood pictures of Glee were my vintage 90s, as my children call it, highlight reel. Fairy tales are the dreams of every little girl. They are the reality we all believe our life will truly transform into. Oh, but how life can be a cruel, hard teacher. I learned a long time ago that with a little faith, kindness, and courage, fairy tales can most certainly become a reality. We can all experience a fairy tale if we are willing to endure the hardship that is attached to real life. It's all about your reactions and what you choose to do with whatever circumstances life has given you. Believe you can have more. Then go out and find it. Life, just like the fancy twirling dresses, has layers, and we sometimes have to dig through and stay in one layer just a little longer than we might desire. That's okay, sweet girl, because you aren't alone. Just fluff the lace and power through the itching. It won't always be this way. 
Sometimes you just have to scratch your way to the surface. What little girl doesn't love ruffles? Just like each person's innate differences, ruffles come in all shapes and sizes, as well as most every demographic of life. Ruffles hug every little girl, no matter where she comes from. The hugs can be rough and scratchy, but you can always count on them. I've seen ruffles in the mud, ruffles with heels, ruffles with high top converse, ruffles with soccer balls, ruffles with baby dolls, ruffles gracing crossed ankles, ruffles that have been ripped from chasing boys, ruffles caressing wildflowers, ruffles causing tears from their incessant itching, and my favorite, ruffles twirling in the wind. Whatever memory you have of ruffles, I'm positive it's a good one. And if not, I know it puts a smile on your face. Maybe you loved your Sunday debut in ruffles, or maybe you fought your mom tooth and nail about wearing them. Ruffles were no doubt a part of your weekly childhood routine as a little girl. I lived in a constant state of imaginary Cinderella. As I was tossed and turned by life's hurricanes, one after another. Fairy tales were a welcome distraction from the noise and clouds of cigarette smoke. A castle with Prince Charming riding to rescue you from your otherwise tumultuous life may be far-fetched, but to a child, it may be a reprieve. Eventually, fairy tales turn into unrealistic, distant dreams as you mature and grow. Those childlike moments of faith are the very ones that we sometimes look back on as we say a small prayer of renewed spiritual energy. I am positively confident that we create our own reality. Life may show us the havoc that it can wreak, but we can choose how it shapes us. We will talk more about that later. Second grade was my first year ever to step foot in a public school. Prior to that, my grandmother paid for us to attend a private Christian school. My mom worked five to six days a week, and so we had to make financial cuts in several areas. Of course, as a child, I didn't understand the financial side of it, so I can honestly say I never felt like I didn't have enough. I never understood that tomato soup and grilled cheese was considered a cheap meal. In fact, I still crave this dynamic duo and definitely keep it in stock in my pantry. <laughs> no matter the type of day my mother had, there was always a home-cooked meal on our table. Now, as a parent looking back, there seems to be a missing component of parenting in the 21st century. It's togetherness inside the home. We hurry through the fast food drive through and on to the next thing on our schedule. When we give our children our time and truly engage, it means so much more than handing them a $20 bill at Target. I encourage you to stop, slow down, and take a moment to have a good conversation with your family around the dinner table. 
I never felt like I'd missed out on the latest greatest fads because my mom made up for it with love. My home was disrupted on almost every front, but sitting around the dinner table and having meaningful conversations was the one thing we had going for us. Maybe it's because we're Southern, or maybe it's because we needed just one thing that could be consistent in our home. Whatever the reason for my mom doing this, I'm so thankful. My brother was in the fourth grade, two years ahead of me, and already had some learning trouble. So our particular educational change, in my opinion, as an adult looking back, was a good one. We were surrounded by educators who truly were invested in helping my mom and being a part of her support team. This was vital considering the tsunami that was soon to hit our lives. My brother and I came in the house one afternoon to find my dad sitting on the couch with my mom. I will never forget the way his hands moved as he said, I am leaving today. Your mom and I are changing. I am going one way and she is moving another. That sentence still echoes in my mind like a horror movie. I knew my life was being torn apart and changing, but my tiny mind just couldn't anticipate how much. My days were focused on spinning in my ruffles and being distracted by my imagination. All I wanted to do was play instead of being forced to grow up immediately and take on the kind of responsibility that no child should have to face. As my father sat speaking to us, he held his hands the way a doctor does when he's making sure you don't have a concussion after a bad fall. His index fingers were pointed up and pressed against each other while the rest of his hands made a fist. Then he pulled them apart as he attempted to illustrate how he and my mother were traveling on different paths. His fingers moved apart in the same way that he was ripping our family apart. I remember the confused feeling in my head and my heart. I didn't quite know how to express my concerns and, well, if I would have, did he even care to listen? Did I get a vote? Why was this happening? From that moment forward, there were few happy moments with my father present. No amount of excuses and no matter how many times I was told, he loves you with all of his heart, made the choice that he was making all right. It didn't make any of it right. It didn't make me happy. And worst of all, being told he loved me didn't help me forgive him. I grew up listening to everyone make excuses for him, why he chose the road he did, and frankly, I didn't care why. I cared that he walked away from me instead of fighting to be in my life like I knew he could. After all, he was a soldier and had gone overseas before I was even born. How was this less important? How could he choose to allow an addiction to win this battle? I just wanted him to want our family and look further down the road to the struggles he was setting in place in our lives. My father left me with a void. For years, I felt like it was my fault. Thank God for my husband. My husband was my perfect gift, teaching me the value and role of a father. I know I'm a Christian woman of God and how in the world could I have these feelings 
but I wasn't always the woman I am today. I needed more than mere words. I needed to feel, to know that they were true. I spent my childhood visiting my dad every other weekend at whichever government apartment he was in at the time. Other times I visited him in a jailhouse with a thick glass partition separating us. We talked through a black phone and sat on a cold metal stool. My mom would make the best of it by taking us to Taco Bell or McDonald's or we might play baseball in the front yard or maybe go on a walk through our neighborhood, but mostly she helped by just being there. As I sat and wrote these pages, I cried so hard that I couldn't catch my breath. I do realize just how blessed I am to have the mom that I do and to have found my husband. But I also found that my wounds weren't completely healed and my eyes have been opened to just how deep my hurt runs. I had never valued forgiveness and the sweet gift it is and was to me before now. As far back as I can see, God's grace has been present in my life. My mom would sing while she was vacuuming and even though at the time I was consumed in my conversations with my stuffed animals, I can still close my eyes and hear the sweet sound of her singing in the background. He's been faithful, faithful to me. Looking back, his love and mercy I see. Though in my heart I have questioned and I've failed to believe, yet he's been faithful, faithful to me. I know that only her faith in God and her drive to survive kept us together. It was she who allowed me to hope for more. Early on, I felt a desire to have something better than just a temporary fix to get me through my daily grind. My mother worked tirelessly to make sure that I had a way out, that I would always have choices about how to live or even whether to live at all. I had exclusive rights to my story and there wasn't a person in my life I would let write it for me. Anyone who knows me well knows that I am a strong-willed and stubborn person. My mom used to say I was hard-headed. My kids, well, they say I'm a sassy Southern mama. I do honestly try to keep my flesh in line. However, it can also mean that I'm a little dependent in the way that I just don't wanna be alone. This can be unhealthy if you surround yourself with the wrong people and believe the lies that they tell you about yourself or worse, become what they say you are when you know or feel that it is not right. There was a line fed to me once by someone whom I truly admired and believed wanted me to succeed. I believed he was in my corner rooting for me and encouraging me. I remember being so excited to meet with him thinking, oh, he's going to encourage me and tell me that despite the odds, I am growing into the little lady that God wanted me to be. Well, boy, did I get that wrong. Instead, he said, you have your father's DNA and that means addiction is in your blood. One taste of alcohol, cigarettes or drugs 
and you're going to be hooked. Because of this, you will live in a constant struggle and be tempted at every turn. Those chains already bind you. His words echoed in my mind as I realized this meeting wasn't a reassuring, you're doing a great job, one. He was literally validating all of my hidden fears about myself. He was confirming that my identity revolved around the choices my father had made. There was no positive reinforcement happening. I was being emotionally defaced, and the unfortunate truth was... I'm not sure he was aware of the colossal misdirection of this conversation. My heart ached with the realization that no matter how hard I tried to create my own path or escape from the shadows of an addiction that wasn't even my own, it would always be a hindrance to my involvement in church. This was only one time in a series of me being made an outcast or being the one who is destined to fail because did you know she comes from in a dysfunctional family? I became immune to the looks of disapproval and allowed them to completely consume my thoughts. I allowed the opinions of others to dictate the way I saw myself. I'm ashamed of the things that my stubbornness drove me to. Just to prove that I had a different destiny. Immaturity and a lack of positive counsel had me traveling down a road that I had long ago promised myself I wouldn't repeat. I assumed my worth based off someone else's ignorance. These are struggles that can haunt me even now as an adult. So, there I was, stuck in a state of insecurity and self-doubt, wondering if I would ever measure up. Would I ever be enough? Who could possibly want this damaged, problematic girl? You see, hurt is a peculiar thing, and it can crush us or it can strengthen us. I fought long and hard to be in the place that I am today, and without a doubt, it was worth every second of effort to get here. I learned a lot about myself during my teenage years. Yes, I had a mouth the size of Texas and probably embarrassed my mom more times than I care to admit. But I also learned that I was a fighter. I was a warrior. I was brave. I was a child of the king and there wasn't one person who could take that from me. I was not that person some tried to say I was. No, I was the girl whom God created and chose to be part of a bigger plan. See, I was stronger than my circumstances. The enemy expected me to believe the lie that I didn't matter enough for anyone to be able to see past my flaws, past my bloodline, past the scars that rejection had left on my life. Do you know what? I believed that lie. I accepted the false fact that I would be stuck in the cycle of addiction that was my family tree. I would never be enough for any man, or so I thought. You see, once upon a time, I was a little petite girl with blonde ringlets twirling my troubles away in a blue 
ruffled dress. Thank you for joining me, and I hope you enjoyed chapter one of From Grief to Grace. I can't wait to share the rest of the book with you. The next episode will be chapter two, where I talk about divorce and fitting in. I truly hope that as you join me on this journey from grief to grace, that you are inspired and you learn to believe in yourself and love yourself. Until next time, friend, I hope that you learn to find grace and expose it in every situation in your life. See you next time.